Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Today, we're discussing four players on this Giants roster that could end up being cut because of their salary implications and rather just the new management going in their own direction. You know, a lot of these guys are holdovers from the Dave Gettleman era, um, and I kind of feel like they've been trying to turn over the roster, trying to get kind of their guys in place, especially when it comes to depth pieces. You know, when you're looking at guys like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, you know, the more prominent figures, Dexter Lawrence, um, even Aziz Ojolari, some of the guys that we drafted to be prominent pieces on this team, and, and we used high draft picks to do it, get it done, those guys are situated. Like, we know those guys are sticking around, at least for the most part. We know Daniel Jones is, Saquon Barkley's contract. We're not so sure what that's going look like just yet but we will find out in the future but you look at the depth pieces I kind of feel like depth is where Joe Shane and Brian Dable have a lot more leeway in terms of who is on this roster what impact they have kind of what style of player the culture fits they kind of uh, would prefer so there's a couple guys that I want to discuss and some of it's more financially driven than it is culture based um, because these guys tend to be pretty great dudes and for the most part I have nothing against any of them I think they're all really good teammates and and generally um, you know solid players but they may not fit exactly what we're looking for in terms of moving on in the future and, and, and you know all these guys are going to be depth pieces or at least should be depth pieces so uh when you're looking at you know this roster anthony we're going to discuss these guys but before we do how do you tell my friend i'm doing great and i mentioned in yesterday's episode when we we're talking about julian love that depth is a clear and obvious issue for the new york giants roster like when you look at this team and you look at some of those key positions like corner like receiver the giants had to scramble to find depth throughout the regular season it was mid-season pickups landon collins at linebacker isaiah hodgins at wide receiver who panned out excellently but the giants were scrambling for a large portion of the season because they had a real lack of depth going into the 2022 regular season now a lot of that had to do with the roster that Joe Shane inherited. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of talent that he inherited. And on top of that, he didn't have much cap space to work with. So when the Giants took over, the new management took over last offseason, they didn't have a lot of money to spend to really bolster this team from top to bottom. Now, they added some pieces here and there. They got a couple starters where they could. But in totality, this roster is incomplete. There is just a lack of depth everywhere. Like, they need more talent behind their starters as well as they need new starting talent at multiple positions. So this is a roster that has a lot of work to do, and the Giants are only getting started. Brian Dable coaches them to the playoffs. In his first season, Joe Shane did an excellent job drafting and finding players to contribute immediately, but this was intended to be a rebuild. We were not expecting the Giants to enter the postseason in their first year with Shane and Dable at the helm, but they did anyway. And now it's about how do they sustain that success? How do they build upon that success, get deeper into the postseason, and hopefully one day win a Super Bowl? Well, depth has, is a huge part of that. Having a roster that's complete from top to bottom is a huge part of being a long-term successful team that can make their way deep into the postseason and win Super Bowls. Look at the best teams in the NFL. Somehow, the San Francisco 49ers have three starting quarterbacks on their team. Now that's depth. And all, all these other teams have a lot of depth. And that's why they make it so deep into the postseason because they have that next man up mentality where they know if some key starter gets injured, they have someone who's at least decent enough to go in there and contribute some starting quality snaps to their team. So the Giants depth is something they need to work on. But some of these guys, they got to go for money reasons or one reason or another. They're just not going to cut it. And I'm excited to see what Joe Shane and Brian, they will do this offseason to bring in more depth and hopefully bolster this roster and make it more complete. 
Absolutely. So we'll start off with uh, one of your guys. This is a guy that, you know, came out of, uh, I believe, UConn. Uh, definitely unfortunate. He would never able to develop into the player we hoped he would. But mainly the ACL tear um, really kind of set him back last season. We're talking about Matt Pert right now. Um, Matt Pert, cutting him doesn't save you a ton of money. It's only about a million dollars. But the problem is I don't really see a future with him on this team. You know, he's got good size. I could totally see them keeping him in this scenario. But I could also see them, you know, turning over that roster spot because we do have 11 draft picks this year so we're going to need a lot of those back end kind of slots uh for those minimum level players especially like you know late round draft picks whatever it might be just filling out the roster um per he's he's on the fence but i could see them you know keeping a guy like tyree phillips um who they brought in as a free agent from the the baltimore ravens um you know that's someone that they chose to, to bring on and matt pert's a holdover from the gettleman era so you know i could see them keeping him just just a, as a traditional depth piece but at the end of the day i just don't think that he's ever going to get playing time and and for what it's worth we hope that an offensive tackle a depth one never gets playing time because that means our two starters are healthy all the time um so you know when you're looking at the depth here they may want to go with a late-round draft pick. They may want to go out and find somebody that, you know, isn't coming off an ACL tear and hasn't gotten a lot of experience and hasn't really put a lot of good stuff on the film. Uh, maybe someone that, you know, another draft pick from another team. You know, Matt Pert being a, a third-round pick definitely sucks, so we have to kind of throw that away. But, you know, we have Andrew Thomas. We have Evan Neal. Those two guys are our situated tackles. Pert does not really have a future as a tackle or at least a even competitive one on this roster. Um, so maybe having a veteran guy that has experience that we can bring in um, that has a proven, you know, he can fill in as a supplementary piece at a really cheap price point might be more th more worthwhile than just giving Pert a roster spot because he was a draft pick a couple years ago. Um, I know that's your guy, but like, what is your thoughts about that? Um, you know, regarding maybe replacing his slot at the, as an offensive tackle um, depth piece with maybe a little bit more of an experienced veteran at a, at a similar price point. Yeah, so Matt Parrott was one of my guys when the Giants drafted him. I liked him a lot in that pre-draft process. The Giants selected him as I hoped that they would. And it sucks to say, but his lack of success in the NFL is not really his fault. Now, Matt Parrott was drafted into a bad situation. We knew that the Giants were in a bad situation. We were hoping that we'd get production out of a third-round offensive tackle, which you never want to hope for. But he was drafted into that situation and then spent the entire beginning part of his career injured. Like, Matt Parrott just hasn't caught a break. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. He's a big guy, and it seems like maybe he's got too much size that he doesn't know what to do with, and he just continues to get injured because of it. And so it's really unfortunate to see his career not really take off in the way that it could have because this is a guy who had a lot of potential coming out of college it wasn't just me who looked at Matt Parrott and said that UConn kid is a beast like there was a lot of analysts a lot of Giants fans who really believed in Matt Parrott but for one reason or another injuries being the primary factor it didn't pan out it didn't work out so now when you look at Matt Parrott here's the thing Alex you're saying that he doesn't have any spot on this roster there's no playing time in the cards for him now I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that Matt Parrott has a lot of athleticism and could be a good swing tackle. You know, as that jumbo tight end who lines up out there as an extra blocker on the line of scrimmage. Matt Parrott can do that. And that's what he's done in the past for the Giants as well. When he has been healthy and playing, he's gone in there and played a little bit of swing tackle. So the Giants could absolutely keep Matt Parrott around to be that swing tackle for the team. But there's a couple things here. First of all, the Giants don't play a lot of heavy personnel packages anymore. Their need for a swing tackle is not what it was during the Jason Garrett era. You know, Brian Dable doesn't require two or three tight ends on the roster or on the field at a time. So there's not a huge need for a swing tackle on this team. The other thing is, since he was a third round pick, his contract is more expensive by default than it would be for a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. So you're right. The Giants can release Matt Parrott. 
wish him luck, say goodbye, and find a younger, cheaper player who's under contract for four years through the draft in the middle rounds. And that is likely the way that they will go. And again, it's not necessarily Matt Parrott's fault, but it's just a, a crappy beginning to his career. He caught a few bad breaks, had a lot of bad luck. But if the Giants are looking for quality depth at offensive tackle, do I think Matt Parrott can be quality depth? Sure, if he's healthy. However, it's probably just more cost efficient for the Giants to release him, save that cap space, roll that money into the draft, and then find an even cheaper, younger tackle to develop in the middle rounds of the draft. Yeah, I think that might be the direction they go, as you said. You know, as a third-round pick, he's only making a million dollars next year, so it's nothing, like, significant. But um, you might be able to find a veteran minimum guy that has experience a lot more than Per that hasn't had a torn ACL that probably offers you a little bit more value. Um, so, you know, just just a thought. It definitely could go either way here. Love to hear perspectives on all of these players we're going to talk about in the YouTube comments. The next one is another offensive lineman in Shane Lemieux. Shane Lemieux has been... Uh, a kind of a disappointment. I mean, I never thought he was that good. You know, Anthony, you never thought he was that good. A lot of people didn't really see the hype he was getting. I don't really know where it came from, to be honest. But um, he had, you know, some people, somebody referenced on Twitter earlier that he had, uh, you know, top five offensive grade, uh, offensive line grades in 2021 and referenced the 13 size <laughs> sample size that he had, the 13 snaps. Um, you really can't use that as a justification for anybody. You know, any Anthony could go out there, have 13 reps, and suddenly be coined as one of the best guards in football. You know what I mean? So I, I don't see that as like a legitimate argument. Um, but at the end of the day, Shane Lemieux has been injured every year. He fails to make an impact because of that. It sucks. You know, it's not his fault. But we can't hold on to guys that just don't play. You know what I mean? Like you're the best avail the best ability is availability, as they say. Um, and Lemieux, he's set to make a million dollars too. So clearing that, rolling that over into a guy that's healthy, an offensive guard, maybe someone that failed to kind of latch on with another team, another former draft pick, and maybe someone that fits our mold a little bit more, can be a depth piece, and at the very least just supplement injuries to our backup. Because right now, if Shane Lemieux's on this roster, he's behind Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu. So you're looking at a guy that has to really fight his way on to any sort of opportunity. Um, uh, but, you know, what are your thoughts on Shane Lemieux? I think that there's probably a 75% chance he's probably not on this roster moving forward just based on the fact that he can just can't stay healthy, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, if we're comparing two failed mid-round draft picks on the offensive line, who would I prefer stays on the team? It honestly is Matt Parrott. I think that he showed more when he was on the field as a rookie than Shane Lemieux did. And I think, unfortunately for Shane Lemieux, a really tough performance as a rookie, and then he just has not been able to stay on the field since. So he's probably had an even worse start to his career than Matt Parrott has, unfortunately. And when you look at what Shane Lemieux provides to this team, there's not a whole lot there considering what else they have on their roster. You just mentioned it. Josh Azidu, that's a player that this regime drafted who has a lot of potential and has some quality starting experience now. He got a good bit of playing time in his rookie season before suffering an injury. So I would rather go with Joshua Zidu, younger, cheaper, arguably a better talent, and he's more familiar with, or the, the coaching staff is more familiar with him. The scouting staff is more familiar with him because he is one of their guys. So I'm going with Joshua Zidu over Shane Lemieux. Again, Shane Lemieux, I like the guy. I really like the heart that he has and the, and the way that he plays. I think he's a good leader and a good character. However, when you look at what he's been able to contribute to the Giants, he hasn't contributed much. And unfortunately, at this stage in his career, it's probably time for the Giants to cut their loss and move on to some younger guys that this regime actually went ahead and drafted. Exactly. And I think that's where I'm kind of going with all this. You know, the money that we're talking about here, it, it's it's really all, you know, so 
I guess the best way to say it is like it doesn't matter. Like these million, two million dollars, they're they're players that are not supposed to be playing. So why not have them be Joe Shane's decision or Brian Dable's decision or Wink Marndell, Mike Kafka? Why don't you just have those those minimum level players just be decisions that this regime made instead of holding on to guys um, that are really just serving as depth pieces that really haven't made any impact due to injury over the last couple seasons? And unfortunately, it does look like just throwing away draft picks. But at the at the end of the day, anybody they bring in was a draft pick most likely was a draft pick from another team that just didn't hang on or maybe he was dealing with injury or maybe he's getting healthier maybe fits our mold a little bit better you know it could be a, a myriad of different reasons for making those decisions um the third guy i want to discuss here is a little bit more controversial in darnay holmes so darnay holmes is a really interesting player you know we do like darnay and i think that ultimately uh i could totally see him sticking around but the guy has a 2.75 million dollar cap hit for the 2023 season, and that's a really big number. The Giants just may not be willing to hold on to because Darnay really struggles in coverage. Now, I think he's gets a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, he gets a lot of shit from people because of that. But he's a very good run stopper. You know, he's really good at playing in the slot and and being a run stopper in that regard. But he also has good play recognition. He blew up a couple screen passes against the Vikings. Um, I do like him in that in that regard. Like he's a good tackler. He doesn't miss many tackles. Um, and he and he does show up in, in that in that aspect of the game. But his coverage grades are not great. Um, he gave up 527 yards this year out of the slot, including a touchdown. Um, which came against the Philadelphia Eagles in week 14. So, you know, for what he offers, $2.75 million definitely feels like a pretty hefty price tag. I don't think I'd pay any more than $1.5 million for him, um, if we're being honest. I think that's kind of where I see his value lying. Like, he's not a starter on a better team. He's just all we have, and we don't have any other slot options. So, you know, keep in mind, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants actually draft a nickel corner in this upcoming draft, like maybe a fourth-round pick. Ah, okay, that's exactly, I think Darnie was a fourth or fifth-round pick. I could see them going and finding themselves a nickel round, a nickel uh, corner to fill that role and come in at a much cheaper price point than Darnay. And the, the drop-off in talent is probably not going to be significant because he struggles a lot in coverage anyway, and that's what you really need your nickel corner to do is you need him to be able to hold, hold up in coverage but again Darnay's a good run stopper too they get a physical nickel corner in the in the draft that can tackle and you know play the run decently well and maybe has a couple hiccups as a as a you know coverage guy but you know he has upside in that in that respect so I think that that might be a direction the Giants go and trying to plug that position at a cheaper price point probably save 1.5 milli which directly goes to you know name your pick you know choose your player Daniel Jones it could be Saquon Barkley it could be whoever Julian Love you know it, that $1.5 million goes far. It goes, you know, you apply that to another player, that does a lot for you, in my opinion. So, you know, what are your thoughts on Darnay Holmes? I could see them keeping him for sure, but I also could see them using a mid-round pick and replacing him without skipping a beat. Yeah, so I have a few thoughts on this because, first of all, I like Darnay Holmes, and I would prefer that he stays with the team. I like the potential that he has. I like the way that he plays, and I do think that he's a better player than a lot of people like to give him credit for. He gets a lot of crap because... And unfortunately, the Giants are starting who a player who should be a depth piece, but he's starting, so his flaws are on full display for everyone to see, rather than having them masked by being a backup that gets worked in. But to that same point, if he is supposed to be a backup and they're paying him starter-level money, low-end starter-level money at nearly $3 million, there's something to be said about moving on from that contract. And another thing to even bring up is that the Giants have another slot cornerback on their roster who didn't play this year because he was injured in Aaron Robinson, and his cap hit is only $1.5 million. So he's over a million dollars cheaper than Darnay Holmes, plays the same position, he's younger, he could be the better option in this scenario. However, I want to see Darnay Holmes back. 
just because in my opinion, I like Darnay Holmes. I want him to be on this team, and I like the potential that he has there. However, if he does leave, there are options. You mentioned that they can go into the draft and they can find someone in the middle rounds, or maybe they try Cordell Flott in the slot, or when Aaron Robinson returns from his injury, they have him take over the starting slot cornerback position. A lot of options there at that spot, which unfortunately likely leads to the exit of Darnay Holmes. And another thing that you mentioned there, Alex, that I wanted to bring up is the fact that you're right, that $1 to $2 million, when we're talking about the players some fans might listen to this and be like ah cutting this player what's the point you're only saving a million dollars well think about it this way if you're saving a million and a half by cutting Darnay Holmes or two and a half million whatever the case might be that's the difference between contract negotiations between the Giants and Saquon Barkley stalling at 12 million dollars and the deal getting done at 13 or 14 and a half million dollars that is the difference so that's why you have to look at this roster trim the fat and reallocate that money elsewhere because when the Giants are going into heavy negotiations with Saquon Barkley through February in March, these decisions will be made in order to retain him or to retain Daniel Jones or Dexter Lawrence. Pick your poison. That's ultimately why having these discussions and looking at these lower end roster players, it's really important to take a look at their contracts, decide whether or not you think the value matches the production and whether or not it's time for the Giants to go in a different direction. Yeah, 100%. I think that's very, very well said. Ultimately, you know, you have to look at it as is there anyone that's going to replace him? And can you save a couple bucks to reapply elsewhere? And I think you make a really good point with Aaron Robinson. I think that he would be a great option to replace him in the slot because, you know, ultimately the injuries definitely weren't ideal. He got kind of bent over backwards, looked kind of wonky the way it happened, hurt his knee, and then missed the rest of the year. Um, but at the end of the day, he's really physical. He's a good run stopper. You know, that he's known for that physicality. So I'd love to see him get a crack at the starting job um, in the nickel in the nickel spot. So maybe that's an opportunity for him there to kind of resurrect his career after a couple of, uh, you know, questionable seasons. And they don't need to put him on the boundary. They can go and get a different cornerback. You know, Cordell Flott is projected to be a boundary corner. I don't like him at nickel at all because he's way too thin, way too small to be getting into the mix in the run game. I think he's going to get broken into pieces. Um, and he's going to end up getting injured if he if he has to play in the, in the slot too much. I just don't think he has that type of physicality to his game. And his frame just can't really manage that those type of hits that type of physicality so i'd like to see aaron robinson get a chance um you know if it if it allows him to save a little bit of money i think that's a huge benefit in addition so there is one other player that i do want to discuss right now eventually we'll go through the entire roster and kind of break it down one by one there's a couple of guys that could be on the outs but i'm going to also throw in the in the name carter coughlin um carter coughlin obviously is supposed to be a pass rusher for us you know kind of an outside linebacker and then they tried to buy a middle linebacker last year. They couldn't really find a role for him. Uh, more of a, just a special teams guy at this point in time. Um, I would probably say he's gone too. I mean, a million dollars, you know, late round pick. You don't really lose anything in that. I also wouldn't be surprised if they cut Ellerson Smith as well. I'll throw him into the same breath because he's been injured every season. He just simply can't stay healthy. Um, so those two guys, you know, maybe they move on to the, from them, reallocate those spots toward a rookie, a late round rookie, or maybe they go out and find some free agents. Um, that are coming from other teams or some, you know, cuts by other teams when they trim the fat off their own rosters. And we add some guys that might be able to make an impact um, and, and replace those 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 contracts at a million dollars a piece. But uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, I guess you could say Ellerson Smith and Carter Coughlin. I, I think those two guys are definitely on the fringe as well. 
Yeah, again, Ellerson Smith, another player who injuries have gotten the best of him. We haven't seen him on the field enough. I think he had the blocked punt this year, which is pretty much all we projected from him when he was drafted, Alex. I mean, I think you were much higher on him than I was, but I really just projected him to be a special teams player that maybe once or twice in his career blocks a field goal or a punt. And apparently I was right about that, dead on. So a really tall guy with really long arms. And that's pretty much what I thought he would be is just your special teams guy who gets on the line of scrimmage and tries to block a field goal. And he blocked a punt. And I think that when you look at his potential, it doesn't go much further than that. And now with Carter Coughlin, I think there is more potential there for him to be a solid player. However, I believe he's dealt with some injuries as well. And I I don't even remember seeing him on the field much at all this year if he was on the field. I can't even remember. So with both of these players, fringe guys, yeah, these are these are Gettleman guys. These are the last regime who drafted them. And when you look at what Joe Shane and them are trying to build, now I could see a way where Carter Coughlin as a blitzing inside linebacker has a role in Wink Martindale's defense. However, I don't know. It's probably not totally worth it to hang on to these guys who are at the bottom level of your roster. I, I would prefer if the Giants just go ahead, find that depth elsewhere, get better depth than Carter Coughlin and Ellerson Smith. Ellerson Smith, to me, I, I just, I think he's, toast like I there's no need in my eyes to keep a guy like that on this roster right now he can't stay healthy and he has not been productive on defense at all for the Giants when he's been on the field Carter Coughlin there's an argument to be made that he does fit with Wink Martindale's scheme and he is a decent player when he's on the field however he hasn't gotten much playing time so maybe you look into keeping him but both of those guys fringe players if you find someone better in the draft or in free agency you go with that if you don't I guess you keep those guys around but in my opinion they're really not anybody that I would place a high priority on retaining this season. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is an interesting scenario. The Giants are going to have to trim a lot of fat off this roster, and there's some a couple bucks they can save along the way, but they're going to have to fill those spots, right? Like, there's only 51 players on the roster um, for next year under contract right now, so you're going to see a lot of additions and subtractions and, of course, cuts in next year, and uh, we are still paying some dead money to guys like Kadarius Tony, who has $3.66 million in dead money that we do still owe there, and then um, Sterling Shepard also has... Um, a, a void year at $4.24 million. We're still paying him. Is there anybody else on this? I mean, we're going to still be paying Kenny Galladay when he eventually gets cut. Um, I don't think that there's anybody else, though, on this roster that's making money. I think we got rid of a lot of those dead contracts this past season, which opens things up quite nicely for the future. But, guys, I'd love to hear perspectives on the players that we did discuss. If there's any other ones that you have in mind that could also be replaced. We're really focusing on these guys because they're not Joe Shane like selections they're really Dave Gettleman guys and they fit a different mold and while I do like them as 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 humans I think they're great people and I think that they were you know valuable to us in their own ways I I just don't see how they serve the right purpose for what we're doing in the future and they may not fit our scheme right and it just is what it is like you know they'll they'll catch on with another team I have no doubt about it I think Darnay Holmes being the one that like really is on the fringe right now like I could totally see them keeping him but I could totally see them going in a different direction as well so always happy to hear perspectives below in the YouTube comments make sure to like and subscribe as always we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode